Ready? So welcome back to Diaries of the Wild Ones. Once again, a huge thank you to Wild Earth Australia for supporting me in the adventurous lifestyle. If you guys need any gear for your next adventure, running, camping, climbing, hiking, you guys name it, these guys have it. So go to wildearth.com.au and put in the 10% discount code Diaries of the Wild Ones, all one word, capital letters. Also, a huge thank you to Free Brewing Co., organic preservative-free beer. You'll find them at Dan Murphy's and BWS. Big black can, silver letters that say free. Organic preservative-free beer. It's a no-brainer. Enjoy, guys. Guys, I'm back. I'm back on the podcast train. I had some time off because I had to get a lot done before I had knee surgery. I've been on a waiting list for ACL reconstruction for two years. And because of COVID, it just kept getting pushed back. Now, I've had four knee injuries because I have no ACL because I ripped it off years ago. So it was just something I just had to bite the bullet and do. But I had to get heaps of stuff done before I was legless. I had to finish building my troop carrier. So I had an adventure vehicle for this whole rehab stage. Nine months without surfing. It's going to kill me. Anyway, Diaries of the Wild One is back, and this week I've got so many interviews to do. With this downtime, I'm just going ham on the podcast. So this week I'm interviewing Henry from We Are Explorers about riding a bike across the world, the world people. Now I've got Jake Taylor coming up, lead singer of one of my favorite bands, In Hearts Wake. He is a survivalist. (laughs) Yeah, he's a lead singer of like a heavy metal band and he is a survivalist. This guy is so, so cool and got some really cool stories. So I'm interviewing him this week. And then I've also got Jeff Weatherall, two-time world champ, wakeboarder and bass jumper. This dude is loose. He's freaking wild. He's crazy. And he's got some stories to tell. So there's a couple of teasers of a few episodes coming up in the next few weeks. I'm super excited about that. But this episode is with Kit Wilson, son of of one of my hero adventurers, the polar explorer and multiple world record holder, Jeff Wilson. He's been on the podcast numerous of times. Kit himself has been on the podcast before. Now, this is just a great adventure chat from one adventurer, if you call me an adventurer, to another. I definitely consider Kit Wilson a hardcore adventurer. And so this episode is the insights of Kit. Growing up in such a wild family, the guy is just so switched on and in tune. He's a really intelligent dude and he is so, so capable in the outdoors. So I just want to share this podcast because he, this guy just has knowledge to share. All the Wilsons have knowledge to share with the adventure world. So, um, yeah, sit back and enjoy Kit Wilson's insights. Kit Wilson. I think it was a, a fourth. I've actually got to, yeah, I've got to admit something. I've got to, I've got to come clean. Come on, tell me. So, wanting to do this podcast with you today, it's like, it's how you said it before, like uplinking. It's like me aligning myself with like you guys and the people in the advent, adventure world, especially yeah. the Wilson family, like yeah. your family, right? They're all people that motivate me, right? <laughs> and like I said, like the last couple of months, I've just been building and not focusing on, on a few things. Yeah. And then 
I literally just got the call up. I've been on a waiting list for a year and a half for knee surgery because I got no ACL. Yep. I don't know if I, you know, but I got no ACL and it's hindered me for years and it's just finally like, boom. So I went in and they go, yeah, yeah, nine month. It's going to be a nine month recovery. Oh, they wow. want, they literally big, want to. Big journey. Yeah. And so I was sitting here and I'm like, all right, I, okay, if I'm not going to surf in for nine months, or be able to surf, or be able mm. to send it. Like, yep. there's going to be at least a few months there. Because I, I was talking to him, I was like, "Come on, man! Like, if I was a pro footy player, I'd be able to shorten this." And yeah. like, not with an ACL. They reckon it's nine months. You, you know, it's a. Yeah, it's pretty serious. Yeah, it's a season ender. So I'm sitting yeah. there, and I was like, "Okay." So then for me, I'm like, "All right, I need to, for one, like looking into like how I know who I am as a person, mm-hmm. right? And I'm I'm fidgety. I need to need yeah. to be going at something. Yeah. I need to be Have working direction. at something." Yeah. Yeah. You know, and right now within myself and these things, I, f- I feel uninspired. Yeah. So then straight up, it's like, okay, what do I do in my life to make myself feel inspired to not lose who I am, to not lose like mm. these dreams that I have, this focus that yeah. I have, like this drive. And I was like, okay, straight up, it's like re-surround myself with those people yeah. that inspire me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, straight up, let's go. <laughs> I'm glad I made the list. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I can't, Wilson. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, dude, it's a pleasure being on here. Thanks heaps. Well, you're only, dude, it just trips me out, like your wisdom, your wisdom for a 20-year-old. Wisdom. Well, okay. <laughs> we'll, throw, yeah. we'll throw around, yeah. Okay. Everyone listen. No, okay, but, yeah. but you've grown up, okay, so your dad has multiple world records. Mm-hmm. Um, your brother-in-law holds a, one of the world records with your dad. Yeah, he has a few, I think, which you, is cool. You yourself have been on just all you guys do as a family is adventure, and we've done this. We've done three podcasts with the Wilsons before, <laughs> like with your dad's fu- like longest Antarctic yeah, traverse. Yep. Done the Gates of the Arctic. Yep, and we've, we've done. I think you did his. And uh, two of you together. First. Yeah, and then we've done, so you've done, I think, almost three or four with Yeah, that's, that's three. Yeah, yeah, so we did the one with with you yep. and your dad together being saved, or like like nearly being killed on the, on the <laughs> yeah. boat when yep. you guys are sailing in Indonesia, yeah. which is yeah. absolutely insane. And now, and now I finally got you just solo. But as we were talking about, I kind of want to start not straight into an adventure story, mm. which you have, but I kind of wanted to start. I wanted to know your insight right now because of COVID times, because of like mm-hmm. even where I'm at, sitting yeah. here trying to sit still. Yeah. I had this like weird insight with my cousin the other day. She's only 17 and she was hitting me up. She, she went to uni and then just dropped out. And she's like, oh, I don't know what I want to yeah. do. Like, and she doesn't know. Yeah. And, and we're talking yeah. about it. She it's can't very... go and travel. Like it's just this loss. No. So I want yeah. to know your take or like what's, for your generation being like for the 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds, which is mm. these years where we kind of first like well, spread mar- our wings. It's marketed that we're meant to have, have the answers and you're meant to be kicking goals and stuff and at uni or grinding and stuff. But uh, the, more, the more you delve into it, I think that is a, can be a pretty dangerous process. So yeah, I think it's a good question, kind of where, where everything sits at the moment. Like where do you sit? Yeah, it's hard because... Um, I think going into 2020, oh, everyone's like, yeah, new decade, new plans, let's get it done. Um, it was definitely, it's a huge time in a lot of people's lives, well, everyone's lives, but especially younger generations at the moment, because it's so pivotal. We can't travel, and it sounds really trivial, but I think travel is can be used as a bit of a medicine to kind of suppress um, dealing with things. Yeah, 100%. Instead of actually, there. yeah, instead of actually tackling like where do we want to go and the direction we want to take and what do we want our lives to look like, we can kind of smother it with these um, adventures and holidays and things. So 
yeah i think like you were saying it's a great distraction from like looking at sometimes what it is i've definitely and i remember my ex-girlfriend saying it to me and it was actually and she was 100 percent right (laughs) she's like if we ever just if we ever break up you're just going to get the first plane out of here and yeah. then you're just going to go off on some adventure. It's like, yeah, yeah well, why well, wouldn't I? It's the thing. You're, suppress- like, you're suppressing something. And on the surface, you're like, oh, these adventures are great. But I think when you're running, if you're entering an adventure running away, you're going into it with the wrong mindset because you're not going to find anything different. You might have an epiphany on the adventure, but you're coming back to the same society. Yeah. So it's like, I'm a massive believer of kind of going into these environments with a solid foundation so that when you're there you can have kind of these experiences and really clear thoughts but it's not such a burden when you come home because i've i've felt that when you come home and it's just you know you come back into your room and you drop, you drop your bag off and nothing's changed oh man i've it's the worst my first <laughs> couple around the world trips you oh. know i would be gone for a year and a half backpacking yeah that's long and then you know and it's so exciting that you get home and you're sweet, you put your bag down and you're still kind of like off this excitement. And then yeah. like after like literally four or five days, mm. you just mold it back in. You're like, wow, yeah, nothing's changed. And it's it's a depressing time. There's a mate of mine, um, Jared Pye, mm. and he has done some insane adventures. He's rode horseback across Colombia. He's rode a motorbike wow. down across Mexico, down to Panama, down yeah. like... He's made me jealous. Yeah, he's done some really <laughs> cool trips. Yeah. And he's called me a couple of times on each end yeah. of in-between trips, really depressed, not yeah. knowing. And I, I, I remember when I was up in the Pilbara and it was exactly this. For me, it was like I was so depressed because I knew how amazing life could be. Mm. And, all, and, I, and it was like I was looking for this external thing happening. It was like, oh, I can't be happy right now because I'm not living in Indonesia surfing every day like yeah. I was. And that's the best version of life. And I start, and I'd be looking around at people yeah. I was with and judging them, going, look at these, like, this mundane life. And they expect me to do this. This is so yeah. judgmental. It's no, me no, as but, a 24, 25-year-old. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing you've got to be careful of because at the end of the day, oftentimes adventures are heavily synthesized, especially with... Um, instagram these days we can make it look as good as we want so Mm. it's like you're not only coming back to an environment that perhaps you left because you wanted to uh because you weren't quite happy but now you're getting reminded how shit it is because Mm. you've got you've got this little thing in front of you that's showing how good everyone else's lives are do you know what Um, i figured out you know i figured out with this what is it i was literally when i was in that space of like just like yeah and this is I'm so luckily I figured out this because this is this is the 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 advice I could pass on to Jared. Yeah. Was it it's about the moment and the now and making your life amazing now. You know what I mean? And then it was like what I found, right? Is that when I'm just having a good time doing whatever the fuck mm-hmm. I'm doing like right now, yeah. then it's just everything is icing on the cake. It's like yeah. then when I go on those adventures they're just as good. They exactly. I'm not there's no these big ups and downs. No. It's all just freaking yeah. life just sick. Yeah. I've, I just came off a Tassie, big Tassie trip for a month and I was worried about that. We call it post-expedition blues, that kind of down period where you just feel crap. You don't really want to do anything because nothing was, is, will ever be, be as good as what you just did. Yeah. But it was really cool coming back, slotting back into kind of the creative work. And even though on paper it might look mundane, but like accepting that there's opportunity to have an adventure in your everyday yeah. Like we la- label adventure as, I don't know, I don't know, buying a boat and sailing across the world, um, sailing around the world. But 
at the end of the day, adventure is literally just anything separate from normality. Yeah, so it's like if you can make your normal yeah. day, yeah, different. Whether it's being kinder or more intentional with people or um, challenging yourself, even if it's just in small ways, isn't that just what adventure is on a microcosm? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's been interesting, like coming back and not having that crazy dip. I was just kind of slotted back into all these kind of this is cool creative projects, which is big because normally I remember at 18 coming back from like Alaska is a great example or 17, I think I was. And I remember just being so down. I was like, this sucks. Like, cause I was in that exact same spot your cousin was in yeah. where you're coming back and you're like, okay, I just went on an adventure. I'm meant to have all the answers now and I still don't, I don't know what I want to do. So I did a year of uni and I enjoyed uni. I was good at uni, but it wasn't for me. So last year was huge. I um, deferred uni and kind of, like really delved into kind of what I want to do with my life. And I know I love storytelling and I love creating things. So I'm not a hundred percent sure yet, but I know it wants to be in that Avenue. And so I kind of created this cool project and with a few mates and we just focused on what was the project. Do you remember, wait, wait, how did you get, how did you get to the idea? Well, do you remember that moment? I remember, you- I remember this really awkward conversation with my mum because my mum comes from um, a family where it's it's like you go to school, you go to uni, you get a job. So for her, it's always just been, well, I was worried my dad was going to be the one that was going to be a bit weird, me not going to uni. But I remember telling him and him being like, that's fine. Richard Branson didn't go to uni. That's fine. Steve Jobs dropped out as well. He's like... You're going to crush it. Just go for it. So I was like, oh, phew. Wow, okay. that's, his, that's also his belief yeah. in you guys. And, yeah. and as a parent, he's like, yeah. how do you, you know, yeah. make your kids strong? Yeah. And then I remember I was driving with mom one day and I was, she's like, so when are you going? We're going to go back to uni. Because at this point I'd taken one trimester off and I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to go back. And it wasn't so much the not going to uni. It was not having certainty. And I think that's why a lot of people go to uni. It's not so much for the degree. It's for certainty. You can take three or four years of your most tumultuous time, 17 to 21, where you're having all these questions and you can kind of make them a bit more secure because you're just doing what you did at school. And then when you leave, you're guaranteed a job. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which is what they tell you. So it was kind of not so much leaving uni, but it was more just the uncertainty of like, I was coming to her and saying, hey, I'm not going to go to uni and I don't know what I'm going to do. And it's been cool in the last year to kind of get more direction and start to kick some goals. But that was huge. So after that, I... um, Did you find that telling your mum that and saying, hey, I'm stepping out, mm, that it was like that you're putting responsibility on yourself that you're like, oh, I'm going to have to step up here. Did you find that in itself a motivator? Well, even now I'm just thinking so... I was like, oh, should I go to film school? Because I want to get more into kind of filmmaking and storytelling and maybe writing. And I'm like, oh, maybe in a few years. But I guess I've just got to put, say someone that's studying at uni is putting in X amount of hours per week into study. I've got to put that into kind of projects and stuff like that. So I don't want to stagnate because, and this sounds so like I'm competing with all these people. Like at the end of the day, we're all in the same industry. Um, I'm sure we'll all work together at some point, but. I was like, like you said, I think I knew for my personality type, I'm quite yeah. driven. I wasn't worried about uh, kind of like idling in the doldrums. Yeah. But I was worried about, like you were saying, the security. Because it's, it's part of that whole package of kind of 
the modern age it's like you go to university you're guaranteed a job you make money you get the house blah blah blah, all these things and it's like as soon as you remove the university component it's it's scary but in saying that going to a state school not many people went Mm. not many people go to uni yeah but take that security away yeah then it's like no one's gonna do it for you but yourself like if like you you now i was just like when you were when you're saying that i was thinking about like you know like quitting your job being like, I, I hate this job, but I need yeah. it, right? And I can't get another one. Without yeah. waiting for another job, mm-hmm. it's like it's like being miserable can be the best motivator. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you mm. quit that job, mm. I'm not telling people to go quit their jobs, but if you quit that job, how much more maybe, motivated maybe, are you going you to are. be? <laughs> yeah, but how much more motivated are you going to be yeah. to go get another job? Well, yeah. I think you know I, what I mean? I like if it. you step out from that security... Yeah. You're suddenly like, suddenly you've got to do this. You've got to make it work. And yeah. It's so freaking scary. Yeah, no. I've been off social media for a month now, but just before I jumped off, I um, did a quick post. I normally write down my little thoughts and I uh, did a post on discomfort and how like everyone's so worried about being uncomfortable, but that's actually like a really great p- propellant in life. Mm. Like discomfort is what makes us move. It's what makes you rearrange in your chair. It's what makes you leave these horrible um situations but so often people can be in uncomfortable situations and see it as oh this sucks like why am i why am i working so hard oh nothing's working out but it's like it's those moments like you were saying that keep you moving it's the comfortable ones i'd be worried about yeah people that are earning good money um perhaps don't have really any uh pressure on them that's where it's like, that freaks me out because it's like, you're not going to move from there. Mm. Do you know what I find? I saying this the other day to him, I, I find it dangerous being down on my land for a long time. Because it's so comfortable. Yeah, because I get so content with life. Yeah. I get so content. I've just been down there for mm. a- ages and I just like... And that's not bad. Being content isn't bad. No, it's not a, it's not a bad thing at all. Yeah. It's literally not a bad thing, but it's like, in a way, it's like, there's... I, for me, I think... Mm. I think it's healthy for having for me to have a certain level of insecurity, mm-hmm. to have like a certain level of something that's going to push me to want to be better. Like, yeah. like, and that, but that comes down to probably what's placed in your heart. Like mm. at the end of the day, there's probably up ten other Aaron's that have the land and are happy living there. Mm. But something's been placed on your heart to have yeah. impact and tell stories yeah. and showcase something no, that no one's seeing. So for you, it feels wrong to be. Mm there for too long you know what i mean it, you're challenged when you're down there because you feel like it's buzzing past so it's it's this weird i, I yeah. definitely feel that sometimes where i can like, just get i just forget about the world I'm like, oh, this is sick and then like <laughs> yeah. i stop like exercise or training like i work and do heaps of other stuff but this focus mm. and this drive for these end goals it's like it just is like hey just day by day it's all yeah. gone cruising man and it's sick yep. and then i step back into this world and i'm like whoa <laughs> like back into the world i'm in now and suddenly i've got mm. all this drive to just send it because i'm looking yeah it's like you know, i'm insecure in this world i suppose i don't no, i don't know i don't know what it is but yeah. there's a there's a lyric that's interesting you see it as two different worlds as well <laughs> i do it's literally it's like i step like into the world line the witch in the wardrobe step yeah. into the wardrobe well, it's like, it literally is for me, it's like stepping into another world. Because, mm. And this one doesn't seem as real anymore. Like yeah. not here because we're at your amazing property, your parents' <laughs> amazing property looking into the bush. Yes. But I mean like, there, there's a lyric in this song, Cuckoo Cuckoo, is it Nick Mulvey? Yeah, Nick Mulvey. And it says, the reason why your father is so strong is because he still learns to belong. Yeah. And 
my great, interpretation great on, on that sentence is like still keeping a little bit of insecurity, mm-hmm. like still yearn mm-hmm. to be better in yourself, still yearn mm-hmm. to like want to grow, still yearn. You know what I mean? Yeah. And in that, in that, because like, and I look at it like when I'm so content, when I get really content, mm. you know, I'm like, oh, I don't need to get up at 6 a.m. and go for a yeah. run. I don't need to do, I'm cruising, man. You yeah. know, I'm fine. Oh, I'm going to give myself, I'm going to have another beer, you know? Yeah. And then after a few months, I, and now, then I start feeling like insecure with my own <laughs> yeah. self because of how unfit or something. Yeah, God, totally. And I was like, oh, whoa, I got too comfortable. Yeah, that's, you know? that's so true. And I, yeah, it's, it's all those things that are kind of marketed to us, like, Stay away from things that are fearful. Stay away from discomfort. Try and get the most comfortable things you can. But at the end of the day, it's fear, discomfort. Um, like you were saying, kind of this uh, doubt to a certain extent. These things can be harmful to the mind because they <laughs> expend so many calories thinking about them. But they're also such a great propellant mm. for moving you and keeping you moving. Yeah. That without them... Um, like without putting yourself in situations where there's the outcome could be failure, then there's no point in even pushing. Like if, if we knew, if I knew every day I'm going to wake up, I'm going to crush it. It's like, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. Well, it gets boring, doesn't yeah, it? When you don't have a challenge, it literally exactly. gets boring. Like if you yeah. can throw a ball perfectly in that hoop every time, yeah, it ends up where's becoming the, boring. Where's the challenge? And But that's where there are certain people, I guess, that can live in that and it's very easy for us in a first world country to talk about we want more discomfort and we want more fear when there's probably people in uh much less fortunate circumstances that just want security and just want um yeah and we're sitting here going no we've got too much security yeah Let's and i think away. that's where you need to keep keep it in mind that we but that it also drags it back it's like getting comfortable you forget about the rest of the world like down mm. on your little ranch it's like you're not thinking about the poor child over in Eastern Africa, blah, blah, blah. You're just really content there. Yeah. It's like, you've got to keep that. The whole idea of it is we, um, we can achieve high, like higher purpose and stuff and achieve our goals so you can bring the next people through. And I think the moment we start isolating ourselves and just going, I'm happy here and I'm comfortable here, it's the day it all falls apart, really. Yeah. So what, what do you say to like, okay, other 17, 18, 19, 20-year-olds, mm. like my little cousin that doesn't know what she wants to do right now and can't mm. take off and go traveling mm. traveling well yeah, you can you can yeah in australia but it's like it's weird it's like I, it, I keep it, thinking well there's i keep thinking to me like well i've got to be getting something done because yeah. i can't be overseas and mm-hmm. people keep asking me they're like oh what are you doing with yourself since you can't be overseas or like and you can't say oh nothing <laughs> yeah or they're like, like oh yeah oh, it must be really hard for you well it mm. hasn't been because i've been traveling in australia but it's like mm. i don't know what what would you say to those 20? Like, are you seeing it in your friend group? Mm, like your mates just yeah. going, oh shit, yeah. I, I need to suddenly know what I'm doing because I can't take a year off and go travel. Yeah, totally. Because that was an all right excuse. Yeah. and You know what I mean? You and go and to- it was a good excuse, but was it was it the right excuse is the is the thing. It's like we you. Uh, yeah, it's a, that's actually a big question. But I guess it drags back to, so that I had this project southbound where kind of me and my two best mates, um, we were all in this same thing. One of my mates had been working overseas on boats. One had been in kind of a long-term job. And then there was me who just dropped out of uni. So you've kind of got all these three different tangents coming together with the same thought, dragging back to your cousin. Yeah. What are we doing? Like we, I was meant to go to Canada, um, 
uh, Geordie, my mate who worked on the boats, was meant to go back and keep working and traveling the world. And Finn was meant to, I think he was going to go to uni or do some traveling, but we couldn't. So we were kind of like, you're almost, instead of looking outwards at all these um, things that kind of keep our attention, you have to turn around and face inwards. And we just put together this trip of looking at the stuff we can do in our own country and perhaps the more overlooked um, frontiers. Yeah. Which is really cool. But it wasn't so much the traveling. It was more actually the like internal monologue of dealing with stuff that we probably never would have dealt with. You probably would just slot like most people probably just would have slotted back into what they were doing and never had this opportunity. And I do see this kind of pandemic as an opportunity for some, if you're fortunate enough to have really real conversations with yourself about where you're moving, what you want to do, what do you want your impact to look like and who do you want to help? Because I think prior to this, we were just moving so fast. Like we never had the chance to do that. So I think the one thing we can take away from this kind of horrible situation that is the pandemic is the ability to have really honest and stripped back. Even if people didn't want to have stripped back conversations, they were forced to because all of the um, niceties that we rely on, the traveling, the yeah. going out, the all the stuff was stripped back. It's I think it's hilarious in some sense that all the things we rely on to uh, force us to not think about what's actually happening and what are we doing with our lives, we're completely stripped back. So we're at home in lockdown and you're forced to confront these thoughts. Well, that's why rural land has gone nuts. Yep. All land has gone nuts. Yeah, because people are just moving. People, yeah, I think people Everyone's... have realized like, oh crap, I actually don't like this house or yeah. I don't like where I am and stuff. And it, it, I, I got to wow, make sure kid. I don't, make sure I don't err on the side of... No, that's actually brilliant. That was actually, I didn't even think of that as a huge realization because you're saying like travel is a distraction of those things to look excited for that distract you from and i love travel as much as the next person but but those things that are like you're you know you're sitting there for six months going to work every day Mm. you don't like your job you're like yeah but in six months i get to go to bali yeah i'm I'm partying and then and then it doesn't happen and you're sitting there and you're like Mm. oh shit well i I was just looking forward to that and then you start looking at your every day-to-day life or if i can't you know totally and i think from this from this season and i'm saying season because i don't think we're even close to being over yet like we've got the vaccine now, um, but I think it's going to still be a very long drawn out process and especially the economic ramifications are going to be huge. But I think from this season, I'm hoping we have a population that is much more aware of mm. kind of how they're feeling and much more aware of the way, the direction life's taking yeah. because I think that can get lost, especially with... Uh, all the turbulence and stuff, the water can get really muddy in, in um, life, especially so what, when you've got so many things. So what are you going to do? I, oh, I don't know. That's a big thing. That's a big question. I'm, I'm really enjoying working at the moment. And then this year, I'm just, yeah, stepping into kind of this uh, dream of becoming an adventure creative and establishing myself there, which I know is a very long-term goal. But yeah, just coming up with uh, cool ideas, but ideas that have... Are purpose driven, not uh. I feel like definitely in the adventure filmmaking industry, there's a lot of a uh, lot of adventures without story or concept behind them. So it'd be nice to bring something there and really uh, create purpose purpose driven content behind that. And just trying to perfect my craft. Like 
I think it's a really brilliant thing when you find something you love and you can go, cool, I want to be the best at this. Yeah. So just uplinking with people that are the best at it at the moment. Is that what you did with Southbound? So like you yeah. and your mates, so what the concept was just get yeah, in the van and basic, just go. Yeah. That was kind of like, it was very basic. I had It was wicked, but watching it was so good. So <laughs> it's it's, it was on YouTube. Yeah. It's like a but I was watching it. It's like you guys taking Jeez. off in your vans and just yeah. going surfing and climbing and having fun mm. and camping out. Yeah. And oh, it was, it was fantastic. And I think that really ignited the spark. Like, okay, cool. I enjoy um, showcasing stories. Whether, even if it's not, not, that's not even an adventure environment, even if that's in a commercial environment for a brand, I love just trying to convey the story yeah there and trying to find the story between it like that southbound series it might look like me and my friends are just going on some adventures in the mountains the alps the coast but there's there's a lot more going on behind that and i think i can speak for all the guys that are on the trip um and and girls um that it was really pivotal that that time pandemic um Things were getting locked down all the time. Nothing was secure. And a lot of people were looking um, looking at like, what can they rely on? Yeah. And if you had nothing to rely on, then you had to deal with that. It's like, and I think living out of a van, your life becomes very simple. It's like you wake up, you eat whatever you can afford, whether that's just like tin, I don't know, spaghetti or something. And then you kind of, uh, it's nice. I really like it. You get into a good rhythm with your body and the way you feel and the way you're performing because a lot of the stuff we we're doing we were surfing or climbing or skiing so we didn't do like the it was definitely i was exhausted by the end of that trip like it wasn't your stereotypical like let's go in our vans and just chill out and uh, i don't know yeah that's because you're a wilson <laughs> yeah you, i think i i broke i broke i broke the boys a little bit because uh but did, did you have any scary because you're you're climbing heaps yeah we're climbing a fair bit Oh, we didn't have, we got caught out in the dark a fair few times, which is actually pretty fun. Um, we did a climb called, it's not that hard, it's pretty crazy, uh, called Wimper in the mountains. And uh, we wanted to shoot, there's a third, the third pitch, so the third um, rope length up. There's this incredible arete that's probably, oh, I reckon it'd be 150 meters off the ground where you leave, maybe a little bit less, but it would be, the valley below would be an e- like easy 2000 feet below it's 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 yeah. really high so there's a lot of exposure so i climbed it rigged a rope and then kind of like it's slightly overhanging and kind of arches to the left so it's this crazy kind of um almost like a saber heading to the left um i rappelled down with my camera and we shot it on sunset my best mate geordie climbing it and uh, i totally threw him in the deep end he hadn't led in ages because he'd just come off this sailing he'd just been like um on on super yachts for the last year so he was like definitely not in like peak performance condition and he hadn't hadn't led a climb in uh over a year and i threw him on this like really exposed but that was beautiful and just like a really cool memory with the guys and then obviously it got dark and we still had i think two or three pitches above us so we did them in the dark which is cool but like even though some like on paper something went wrong there like yeah, yeah ending in the dark, dark it was such a cool experience with these guys to I don't know, just share that and like just quest it into the darkness, which yeah. is cool. I was thinking yesterday because I was telling you I interviewed Glenn Casey and he told me like mm. this story of like a pinnacle moment in his life. Yeah. You know, and it was a day of like him, him, this, him and him and Wayne Lynch surfing down yeah. on the South Coast and just everything came together. Yeah. And then I was like, 
as you're saying that, I was, I was thinking about it. It's like those moments, you know, those moments that we look at back on in life, mm. right? About the most beautiful moment, those, those sublime moments yeah. where everything comes together, all the beautiful, like where all the beauty, all the, everything that we've yearned for, everything that we've like, mm. like pushed for all comes yeah. together in, the, in then one moment, right? Yeah. We have these, every moment that I've had in my life, mm. That's like that is something that I had to work for. I had to go get it. Yeah. There's a process behind it. And I was just thinking like every time and he said this thing to me in that moment, he's like, I could have died then and there. Yeah. I was that, felt that alive. So he, he's, yeah, he, he felt it in the moment. Do you yeah. find a lot of the moments you remember you felt it in the moment or was it hindsight? That- no, 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 no. There's this moment yeah. where... Oh, I've told this story. I'm gonna tell it. I've, had, I've, had, I've had two sublime... Go ahead, go ahead. No, I haven't. I've had three... I've had three sublime moments mm. in my life that I'd say I might, I might have. Okay, three that really yeah. stand out. Ah, oh, four. Like, <laughs> bump it to four. Let's do it. No one was the best day of surfing in my life. Yep. But that's it. But no, there's this. There's this moment where I was in Iceland, and I was at the wave that I dreamed of surfing you know, since like it became on my radar mm. and I had that wave as perfect as it gets. Since Chris Burkhardt took a photo of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I had, exactly. Yeah, and I had yeah. uh, and I had the guys from Chris Burkhardt's film oh, that were wow. surfing just it with add, me. That's who I went with. That's awesome. No, I went with Elia Thor and Haydar Logie. Yep. And so it was us and then one other mate and it was absolutely just firing. We surfed all day and then it, and then the moon started to rise. And we're in a like a narrow fjord, yep. right? So it's like straight behind us is valley. Yep. Uh, on, on my right, like so let's say I'm looking straight out to sea. On my left is huge mountains. On my right is huge mountains, snow-filled mountains. Behind me it's valley, yep. which is mountains that where like you look down the mountain, like down the valley, and it's just the mountains just like disappear in the yeah. dis- You know what I mean? Just yeah. mountain after mountain. Just dis- That's incredible. But down the valley, the sun was setting perfectly. <laughs> But in the middle of the fjord yep. out to sea, the, the moon was rising. Up. Wow. And I was just sitting there and it was just the surf was just firing. And it was yep. just like, and even though I surfed today, I was so cold and numb. It didn't matter anymore. Nothing mattered other than I just yep. sat there and like, I just remember this one moment, Haydar got this wave and he's surfing past me and I was cheering. And then I was cheering and then noticed I was crying. <laughs> and then I was just like, I was like looking around That's at the most awesome. beauty I'd, I'd, I'd ever seen. Yeah, That's incredible. And... The thing was like, kind of what I was like, it's saying about like those, I had to chase that. Like that, there was a spark in me, mm. you know, that the first spark was those, those guys were mates of mine by coming and staying with me in Indonesia. Mm. And they started telling me about Iceland and it sparked this thing in me. And I was like, Oh, I yeah. really want that. I want that. Then yeah. seeing a few things here and there. And I was like, Whoa, I really want that. Then watching, um, under an Arctic sky that, which yeah. was, Beautiful. With Ellie and yeah, and yeah. and Hader, and I was just like, God, I'm I'm going yeah, for that. I'm going things, for. That. And yeah. then you know everything came together. I went all the way. That I chased mm. it. Like no one was going to do it for me. Yeah, yeah. To get that moment, you know mm. what I mean? And like all these amazing moments. Like when you mm. think about that, I've had in my life. The other one was sailing across the Malacca Strait. Yeah. And with, when me and my mates were sa- yeah, yeah sailing back from Indonesia <laughs> to to Malaysia. Yeah. Across the Malacca and. I just had this moment at sea and the boys are asleep. It was my watch and was just sail, sailing along. And I was just mm. looking into the, into the nothingness, mm. into the emptiness of the, 
the big wide ocean and i was like sitting there and it was like just this this feeling i was just so raw of just being so alive but so small Mm. i was so big and powerful yet i was was so small and nothing about to say that both these experiences you're kind of the the small component in it yeah it's it's not like you're you can get i get people we get people all the time that are like oh it's the top moment oh it's when i summited everest i stood on top of the mountain and I, i knew i'd conquered it and you're like it's cool, mm. but I definitely, yeah, um, I find it much more captivating when you kind of, um, the kind of how small you are in relation to yeah. this incredible world around us is pinpointed and like highlighted. I find that I de- mm. definitely triggers me a lot more. Well, it's not, for me, it's not conquering, conquering it no. as being part of it. Yeah. It's like realizing yeah. you're part of it. And totally. it was like being so in the mm. moment of being part of it. So mm. in the moment of being in the now. Yep. And it's like, I kind of maybe like, I'm, I'm figuring this out as we have this conversation, but yep. it's a couple of things you said just before in that conversation with Glenn Casey yesterday, it's like now I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm like, wow, to get those moments, like we've got to work for them. Yeah. They're not going to come to me. Like totally. I, I'm just thinking about all those moments that I've had, how much I've had to work to get that. But yep. they're the ones that have like, it's like in those moments i was so exactly like i was so content with life yeah. that 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 was life and you had you had the um dad talks about having your faith eye image so you had the dream you wanted most people would just put it on the shelf there and let it get dusty and maybe come back for it in 10 years and they're like yeah. oh you know what i mean but you were striving towards it and that's why i would encourage anyone who has a dream um to yeah chase it and by that he means because i remember him saying like he pictured himself going across the finish line yeah he pictured himself achieving these things and i I use it all the time you can use it just for daily stuff like if you're amidst a big uh project or assignment just imagining the end goal and how that's going to feel and the elation and um kind of make it more tangible and make it feel like it's right next to you there does that give you your own self-belief yeah totally yeah i think so do what, what moments have you had any moments in your life those pinnacle sublime moments see the, the hard thing is oh and I, this sounds so cheesy it's like i for me i think a lot of people come to adventure later because they've perhaps had a bit of a mundane upbringing mm. and they're like i said they're running to adventure trying to find something so i think um they can probably pinpoint moments easier because like you're saying compared to the valleys those peaks are huge like yeah massive and that's not to say that my adventures, I don't like appreciate everything around me, but I'm definitely like, I just, there's so many to think about it because I think from such a young age, like growing up in Indonesia on a boat to traveling across Africa, it's hard to pinpoint one that I feel like I would just do. It's just, it you've been exposed just, to so much. Yeah. And I, and I know it sounds <laughs> stupid, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things, but I definitely think if I could give it a, if I could give the moments that stand out to me character and characteristics, it would definitely be the same. It'd be like, it's not the loudest moment. It's not Mm. the most intense, but it's the one where you can feel all the components moving around you and you feel a part of it, but you realize how small you are within it. Do you remember one of these happening? Yeah, I think, oh, I'll just take it back to like one like last year. It was, um, we just, we'd ski toured into um, the Australian Alps and we were doing some ice climbing around a place called Blue Lake. We'd set a base camp, like, it was like an hour, uh, like an hour tour um, from the lake. up Snow on. Snow cave base camp? Yeah. So, we had a snow cave and a uh, tent Sweet. and stuff. My mate slept in the snow cave. We were all going to sleep, but they're smelly. They smell so bad. Why? Because 
the, this hold the smell. Haven't you? Yeah, you said you've, you've snapped yeah, them once. Like, it didn't smell to me. It smells so bad. Really? Were you by yourself, but? Yeah. There's, there you go. You can't smell it if you're by yourself. Oh, really? Yeah, it smells really bad. It's horrible. Really? Yeah. My, yeah, we can get into that later. That's another debate. I reckon they smell so bad because they just hold the air there. The air is very like, mm. even though you're getting fresh airflow, the air is really stagnant. Yeah, well, it is very stagnant. Yeah. So you have the ca- well, if you close yeah, them up, candle. you have a candle going. Yeah, just so. in case it goes out. Yeah, it's, yeah. And pretty, the oxygen's pretty cool low. stuff. But that makes such pretty amazing. sense. That makes yeah, yeah. But, but it was pro- just me and my stench, and I was like in a lot of gear and stuff that was holding in my stench. Actually, how long have you been out there for as well? And the end of those trips, every trek that I did, you yeah. come back, and because you don't shower for days, yeah. yeah. And you're like sending it hard yeah. and you're wearing like wool and everything that's holding your body heat mm. in. And then, yeah, that's actually, I would have to say it's the stinkiest I've been, yeah. I think. I think the first, it's interesting, the first three days, I reckon, of any expedition, you smell like so bad. But it's like your body's like, oh, we're going to get a shower soon. And then suddenly it's like your body just starts cleaning itself. And you, you like, I don't know. I just find I don't smell quite so bad after a week. <laughs> like the first five, three to five days you're just like gross like and then it just doesn't get any worse yeah i don't know if it gets better but that definitely doesn't get it worse so we're we're here we had base camp set up and um we just kind of had bad weather coming through but we were like oh we'll get up early and try and get to the summit of mount i'm gonna say mount twinum i think that's the one yeah it's mount twinum um which is it's not an impressive peak by any by mm. any means you can actually just like ski tour right to the top of it and we weren't we're not remote here it's probably only like three hour ski tour back to civilization um ish but just a really cool spot to think like this is in our own country this is in australia this country that's meant to be like the red desert we've got like like a few days earlier i'd had like one of the best skis of my life it was so good just bottomless powder Really? Yeah, so good. My mates all tell me this and I still, yeah. it's like I've got to see it to believe it. And everyone's yeah. like, come back. Come oh, I knocked man. it so bad. And it was like, put together this project, pitching it to brands, being like, yeah, we're going to head down to the Australian house for a while. I'd never even been. And I didn't know, even know if it was any good. And we're like, we're going to film all this stuff. We're going to do some ice climbing, blah, blah, blah. And it was just phenomenal. Like any, any person that's saying, oh, I wish I could ski this year should head down to the Australian house. Because, but then again, maybe, maybe don't. Because it might get a bit busy. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's uh, so we got up early, pitch black. I think it was like 3 a.m. And um, yeah, just started moving through the dark. And I always love, I, I love, I've always not, like as a kid, I hated the dark. I don't know why. I just wasn't a fan of it. But I do like it when I'm on the move, like just having a head torch down. You just got your skis and you just, you're just moving. Because it's nice to have views around you, but it's, you get a bit like, you get to think and stuff like yeah. that. And it's cold. It was really icy because that's a pretty common thing in the Australian Alps is it's just icy. Like you have the good conditions, but I think why a lot of people um, are a bit worried to go down there is you can get skunked. And it was pretty icy, especially at 3 a.m. So we had a few split borders with us um, and they were struggling because they just can't hold the edge. You'd have yeah. you split board before? Yeah. yeah, just can't hold the edge. Yeah. So skis were blasting it up and just as we were coming up kind of the ridge to head to the trig point, you can see it. Yeah, the the sun just starts coming up. And it's it's such an amazing to see the whole process from darkness. Like I've seen it so many times, but this one really just reflecting off yeah, the snow and the eyes. Yeah. And I think cuz we were all kind of spread out, so it was just me. I had um a bit of worship playing. <laughs> yeah. The music. 
and uh, yeah, just savoring it all. It was so lovely. It's nice. And I think also I didn't have my camera out then. I was just taking it in. And yeah. that's this, this, this battle, um, wanting to capture these wild environments, all these wild experiences. Sometimes you're actually detracting from the moment. Sometimes yeah. you're not actually assessing what's going on because you're looking through a viewfinder. Yeah, so like, you're assessing how to I, yeah, try grab it. Totally. Though when I got to the top, I got the camera out because I'm like, this is beautiful. I want to take shots. I definitely took the moment to like just breathe it in and look around me and take it in and just appreciate where we're at in that moment. I think everyone was a bit frazzled. It was like heart of the pandemic just to get out into the backcountry yeah. and, and appreciate that was really special. And I can, yeah, there's so many more experiences like that. But then that one just, it's not the most intense. It's not like a near-death story. Was it weird for you as a kid, like growing up the way that you did like with other just like mm. to hang out with other kids you'd be like let's say i'm talking like you as a young fella be like like running up to another kid and just be like hey where did you go sailing this year or like hey like yeah i just got chased by a bear in alaska yeah oh. was that hard for you as a kid sometimes to relate I don't, yeah. like would I don't you say, say your parents like putting you in such an adventurous lifestyle yeah. was that ever hard to socialize they were worried so for those that don't know, I lived on a boat when I was like from five to when I was seven. So like just under two years. And um, though I have, I have horrible memories as a kid. I know when I came back, mum and dad were really worried about us kind of assimilating back into life. And I think it was a major thing of me like, oh, I can remember from like grade one to grade six, just not getting it. Like I didn't mm. get why they could grade us. I didn't get why. I was like, I, I was an all right student, but I definitely wasn't like the best. And I probably didn't come across as very bright because I just wasn't, it wasn't clicking to me like this whole school thing. And it wasn't until later that I actually like started getting into the rhythm of it. But yeah, it was, I wouldn't say it was hard to socialize with kids. It was more just when you hear people just complaining about stuff and you're like, well, my friend, like say if someone's complaining about not getting a new phone or something like that, it's like, well, my friend, like my friend Halliden up in Arche lost his whole family in a tsunami blah 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 and he's not complaining he's happy like yeah. so it's like it's more perspective and that's the beautiful beautiful thing of traveling mm. is you gain perspective it might not be the perspective you are looking for because i think a lot of people travel to try and figure out themselves yeah but they actually start figuring out kind of more other people and how the world works and where the prejudices lie and why don't these people like these people? Oh, that's why. Because a thousand years ago, this happened, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. you're, you're not so much understanding yourself, but you're looking at the world and you start to figure out to a certain extent. I don't think anyone ever figures it out. Just why things, why things work the way they do and where change is possible. Yeah. I don't know if that even answered your question, <laughs> but, but definitely there's, it, it feels different. I remember as a kid, you just feel like different. Yeah. Because Wait. you've just interacted with so many people on these adventures that when you come back to normal life, there's probably that, it's probably just on like a smaller level, that yeah. weird feeling of just not, you're coming back into society and everything feels like it's moving around you, but you're not. Yeah. Man, I, I definitely can relate to that. It's just <laughs> happened to me so much. Yeah. When, okay, when you're a kid and your dad's, mm. your parents are taking you on all these adventures, mm -hmm. right? 
now that you are a venture yourself, you're someone that goes out and sends it, you're a rock climber and everything. How does it work now, your relationship with your dad, where you're not under his veil anymore? Like you're, yeah. you're running your own adventure, like you're, yeah. you know, does that, because you guys do things together and like yeah, yeah. it would have been, it might have been, oh, I would love to ask him that question, that transition of being like, yeah. you know, overseeing you guys to yeah. suddenly becoming a teammate. Yeah, yeah, that is actually a really great question and a great way to put it. Kind of going from, and I'm, oh, I'm still learning from dad. I'm definitely much still trainee, internship, endless internship from dad because he's got so much knowledge there. And but that's the key, I think. As mm. soon as you go into um, the, these environments, going, yeah, I know what I'm doing. You have no idea what you're doing. Like even dad, um, he's very accomplished in the pole realm. He's got all these accolades. He's got the records. He's proved himself. If he goes into these environments with the thought of being like, there's I nothing. Yeah, there's nothing that this environment can throw on me. He's going to get his ass handed to him. And it's the same, same with me. I don't think there's ever been a point where it's like, I'm still very much in my um, formative years, 20. Um, I'm not going to act like oh, I've got it dialed in, but I'm definitely learning. And I think if you can always keep the mindset of learning, you're in a good stead to pivot and especially in an adventure environment. Could you guys argue? Yeah. Well, it's uh, like, do you ever son. get, yeah. Do you ever get to the point where you're like, fuck, you don't know less you now, know less shit, now. I think when I was, yeah, definitely when I was like, probably like <laughs> no. 12 to 17, we definitely, we, yeah, we, so, we didn't argue, but it's just like, I was probably angsty. So how does it work now when you go out with your dad? Cause you, we just have a great time. It's awesome. We definitely like, but, I think that's where he's probably respecting my decisions more and I'm like, whoa, like he knows what he's doing a lot more. Like, especially like I went, I haven't kite surfed in a, probably like five years and on the weekend I went for a kite surf and it was like, it was interesting because we've been doing a lot of climbing at the moment where I'm teaching dad all these knots and how to move over the rock and build confidence and suddenly it's like, oh, roll reversal. Rolls, yeah. yeah, he's kiting again and I, I've done a fair bit of snow kiting but it was interesting getting on the board but yeah, just his patience is so good. It's yeah. awesome. And I think he's, I reckon he's built that. Whether I'm noticing it more because I'm older, it might be, but I definitely think he's gotten more patient. Like the dad, my dad at 30 was like, he was a different guy for sure. And he's yeah. probably going to listen to this and agree. I hope he agrees, but I'd say he's definitely more patient and he's just coming into, I reckon, the zenith of his career. That's hey, amazing because normally when they get older, they get the opposite. <laughs> get more, get more. Get more impatient. Yeah, dad's just speeding up. I actually did, I did a little piece for his 50th birthday and kind of did this um, short, short film because it was pandemic, so we couldn't do anything big. But yeah, I wrote this verse and it was, um, oh, this line, it was um, in a period of life where most people were slowing down, he sped up. And that's how I put it. Like a lot of people can look at dad and go, he's always had an adventurous life. It just came naturally. But I can look at pinpoint decisions he's made and mum's made because I don't want to exclude mum. My mum is yeah. incredible. We're sitting in a therapist workshop right now. She's, yeah. She does equine therapy and just big as heart. But like I, there's pinpoint um, moments in their lives where they've had to step into adventure. I'm sure dad could be sitting in his lazy boy reading the news and stuff. And that that's fine. Yeah. But he's definitely, um, he's definitely, it hasn't come naturally. There's, you've got to make sacrifices to have these. Yeah. You've got to go through the valleys to hit the peaks. When, when it goes wrong, mm. like you're out in your realm, right? Mm -hmm. 
like let's say you're rock climbing yep and it goes wrong that's your realm like yeah. that's you you're a really mm-hmm. good rock climber and your dad's kind of like learning yeah. off yep. you yep. rock climbing you know when it get, when shit goes wrong in that environment mm-hmm. do you take the reins or does he take the reins um or do you work together yeah so i'd i'd, I'd preface that with the whole idea is nothing goes wrong but if something were to go wrong like all these skills none of these school skills are exclusive you know what i mean like yeah if you're a big wave surfer you're probably going to have the ability to manage fear as well as someone who does rock climbing you know what i mean like yeah these things translate so it's like i definitely in terms of technical skills maybe like knowing how to like arrest and knowing how to like ascend the rope or like fix yourself off i'm probably more competent there but like dad will still get it done but yeah i'd trust him to get out of most situations i think and vice versa like i feel like we both are going into these environments knowing that like we both have strengths but if something went wrong it's hard because like what what is going wrong there's so many different what was that trip where you're saying like you guys got a bit stuck yeah i think oh we this is just before i um headed off on the southbound one dad was dad had been wanting to do uh another like fairly cruisy it was meant to be a cruisy day and they generally start like this uh on a on a route called ruby of india on mount maroon and it's a it's a where's mount maroon yeah it's it's right near mount barney oh was that where we went no no because we we went went to frog's buttress yeah yeah which is cool good spot but yeah mount maroon it's incredible it's quite it's interesting i don't think many many People don't know it by name, but it's a really amazing piece of rock. And there's a route called Ruby of India. It'd probably be the most popular one there. So it gets it it was meant to get a bit of traffic. We did the first two pitches and then on the second pitch just went a bit off to one side. And this is probably where me and dad have different approaches. Is like I would just backtrack and try and find where we got lost and try and make sure we stay on route. Yeah. Yeah, dad was just looking up at this amazing like corner and he's like nah that'll go you can just climb that it's fine so we ended up just like going okay we'll just go off it and it was we did like four pitches that weren't a part of anything so like had never been climbed before we're just complete like so chossy so like a lot of like loose rock dirty oh and i i in that scenario there it's like i did all the leading so i was doing all the I don't know if you're familiar with rock climbing i was doing all the stuff where if you fell you'd probably like have a pretty bad fall yeah, because um, you're pinning it. Yeah, because I'm like placing the gear and stuff and, and running it out. Um, whereas the followers, like it's cruisy for them because they can just wait the rope whenever they want. So it was one of those things where it was like, it's probably a good... Um, if I was going to pinpoint the handing over the reins, it was like, I guess if I was 14, dad would be leading it. Yeah. Because he'd be like, I don't want my son getting... But he was like, nah, you've got it, come on. And his self-belief in me, I was like, okay, I've, I've got it. I'll try and, try and get this done. And it was just, looking back on it, it was just so dangerous and so... But it was a. It was, so how did it you was, do it? What happened? Oh, I was like the climbing was completely within my limit. But it's with climbing, it becomes dangerous when there's like the other factors you can't control, like rock quality. Perhaps there's no gear. Perhaps there's like just I don't know. Like there was a lot of like just loose rock. That was the biggest thing. So we just ended up just questing this kind of line that wasn't a part of anything. And I knew how dangerous it was. And I knew that if I fell, probably my gear wasn't going to hold and I'd probably like die. But dad didn't. And they would, I remember my best mate, it was three of us. It was me, my best mate, Geordie, who was like, he hadn't been climbing in ages and uh, dad. So I was just leading all the hard stuff. And oh, 
it was so in, so intense. We ran out of um, we ran out of on the last pitch. I was like ten meters from the top, so run out, no gear, and I like go for this jug, and I just feel like the rope go completely tight on my harness, and I'm like, oh no. And dad yells out like, out rope, like that's all the rope we have. So I have to go from like this kind of like locked off position and start down climbing. And I found like a ledge that would be like no bigger than, I don't know, like half a butt cheek. Like it was tiny. It was so small. And I managed to just like stand there and there was a, there was a tiny crack. So I was able to get like one cam in, which is like a, like a camming device Yeah. and one nut. So it's like, (laughs) in terms of like textbook anchors, definitely not safe. And that was like the anchor. And I was like, yep, you can, I built the anchor, fixed myself off to like whatever we had. And the rock quality was like, I was enjoying it, but I was also just so gripped. There's a point, I think when you've used all your adrenaline, you're just like, okay, you have to take ownership over your situation and be like, we just need to get out of here. Because I don't think they realized like how dangerous it was. Yeah. Were you getting scared? It's interesting with trad climbing. Yeah. You get really scared, but there's no, like, there's no... Normally in life, if you get scared, you can go, cool, tap out. There's like nothing you can do because mm-hmm. the gear is not good enough to sit on. So the gear is not, you can't clip into it and like sit. You'll probably run out. So you, you can either down climb it. Every move I was doing, I'm like, okay, I want to be able to down climb this. So the physical climbing, there was one move that I was really worried about where it was like, I just grabbed this left crimp and I could kind of feel it. It was a bit chalky and a bit flaky underneath my, in, underneath my hand. And I had to get up higher. And had no gear, like it would have been a horrendous fall, like definitely pushing some factors. Um, and I just remember like bearing down on this crimp and just feeling it kind of like crumble. And I was like, oh, this is so bad. Like this is so horrible. I'm meant to go on like a sponsored trip in the next like week. I was living a week and I'm like, and I'm going to be in like a wheelchair or something because it was yeah. horrendous. So, but then it's just like, that's the beautiful thing about trad climbing is taking ownership. It's like, cool, do I want to down climb here? Do I want to rest here and just like get into a good mental state? But yeah, I got got to this ledge. We had 10 meters to go and everything worked out. But yeah, it definitely was like, I wouldn't put it in the safe category. I'd say like in the moment, I was not enjoying it. Like, Do you get the shakes in that moment, in those moments? No, that's uh, when, you, when I first started trad climbing, I got the shakes so bad. Mm. And then I think just over time, you just... Don't get, and I like I'm going back into the trad season now. Like I've been training a lot just through summer, so I'll probably be like a bit shaky and a bit nervous because yeah. trad climbing. I don't know if you're aware. Um, predominantly, like a lot of climbing is bouldering, so either like low level just on like boulders, or sport climbing is like the, probably the most common outdoor rope climbing. So you're clipping into bolts, so it's like dependable. It's a bolt. Yeah. Whereas traditional climbing is no bolts. It's just natural gear, so you have to place it yourself. Um, and that's like the facet of climbing I really love because it's so pure. You're rocking up to you. You um, you're figuring it out yourself. You're figuring it you're out. It's a lot solving. of problem problem solving. A lot of logistics because it's not so much like the physical climbing. It's actually like where is the gear? Will I be safe if I climb to this point because there's no gear there? But if it's this fall, like, is that gear? If I fall here, is that gear going to yeah. hold? So there's a lot of that. So yeah, the whole the whole thing is such a big ordeal. But it you've got to be so responsible in that game. Yeah, because it's like. Yeah, you're you're so responsible yeah. for yourself because you don't want to hurt yourself. No, yeah, and that's yeah. that's probably where there's that idea. Like, there's this there's this prevalent um, kind of ideology of when people get into an adventure sport, being it's be it surfing, um, climbing, I don't know, mountain biking. It's like you're very cautious. You're feeling out mm. the waters. You're like, hmm, how does this all work? You're kind of trying to soak up as as much as much information. Then there's like this middle pool 
where I feel like a lot of people sit where it's like, how much danger can I create at this level? Like, you're not trying anything too hard, but like, I'm just going to make it as dangerous as possible. Like, and then there's like the high end where it's like, I think probably where dad's at is like in the polar realm. It's like, if he gets injured, it's not like good on you, blah, blah, blah. And like injured, like frostbite or anything. It's like, that's embarrassing. Like, it's, yeah. it's like you're, suppo- you're um, supposed to be a professional. And it's like, that's definitely something I want to emulate in my climbing. It's like, just because you can make it dangerous doesn't mean you have to. You know what I mean? Like, anyone can break their leg. It's like, but there's all these people like, that are glorifying like the guy that breaks his leg because he takes like a 10 meter ground fall. It's like, that's not like anyone can break their leg. Like at the end of the day. Yeah. So you're saying like your calculated risk. I, I kind of I think calculate. Yeah. Just doing all those little micro, micro yeah. adjustments is like, I, I find that way more admirable, admirable. And obviously that there are points when you can't, it's out of your control and you have to enter a dangerous environment. Mm. But I think the more you can minimize risk, the more impressive that is. Yeah. Then like going, oh, I'm going on this like 10k hike. I'm just going to bring like 500 mil of water. It's just like, why? Like, you know, a tre- uh, like when I climb trees, it really teaches me patience yeah. in a lot of ways yeah. because it's like, I can't, it's, there's too much to lose. Mm. And it's like, I really have to think, I really yeah. have to take my time, every little step. And it's like, there's not many things I do in my yeah. life where like, I just go for it. Yeah, yeah. Like most things in life, I just go for it. I just go for it. Yeah. And when it comes to trees, I've really got to think. But that's because you're a professional. It's like, it's not professional for you to like, I don't know, do something that puts you or your client or, or your team in danger. You know yeah. what I mean? Because you're a professional. You're a professional. In inverted commas. It's like, it's one of the, I find it super yeah, yeah, interesting, yeah. but when you're in this middle ground, like you see it with so many kind of yeah. mid-level adventurers. It's like, I'm an adventurer. I'm going to go and do, like I was saying before, I'm going to go and do a 10K hike. And I'm going to go barefoot and have 500 mil of water. And you're like, why? Like, yeah, well, I they- do that shit just for a challenge sometimes, but I do it yeah. for my own. I only do that. I do that for my own. Mm. If I'm really lost in life or there's, there's an answer yeah. that I want and I want to put mm-hmm. myself into a realm of, um, yeah. I, it, it's funny because that it's that in that way is so reckless. Yeah, and you should never do that just to see. <laughs> just a d- quick disclaimer: do not. Do no, this. no, no, you don't. But there's two sides of it, and and there's two sides of it. And sometimes, like for me, there's a game that I like to put where I like to put myself in a space where I'm fucked. Like I like to put mm. myself in a space where I'm like completely screwed, and I have to. But what? And, what's the, and overcome what's, the out, what's the worst case outcome in that space? Is it death or? Oh, it all depends. It all depends on what, where I was at in life or what I'm trying to get. Okay. But it's like, it's fun. I was talking about this to someone the other day. Like if you were ever to do anything like this, you don't tell anyone in a mm. way, like you've got to take complete responsible own, for your own life yeah, because yeah. like people think that like someone will come save them mm-hmm. or whatever. And then they're putting this, themselves at risk. Yeah, yeah. It was like I was talking and I related that to when I was in Iceland going across the mountains mm-hmm. and it was like I didn't want anyone to save me if I fucked up Yeah. because it was like I knew that I was going in in a way being reckless um, with not with not being a professional mountaineer. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there was a way that I had belief in myself to okay. do it and I, and I thought... Did you say you were in quite a... Were you in a state where you felt like you needed to do that? You know what I was? Yeah, yeah. I was in mm. a thing where I needed to to you're looking you're looking for something yeah you felt like you'd find it if you did that 
And I did. Did you find it? Yeah. Fuck yeah. It was the most growing growing thing in my life to put myself mm. in that that position. But again, it was I was the same as being in that tree. Yeah. It's like when I'm up in a tree, it's like every step. So I had to be so mm. patient, I had to be so calculated. And at the end of the day, all it was was like extremely um mind draining of how mm. much I had to focus for so long. It was like the yeah. one of the biggest tests of my life. But mm-hmm. it was just like I don't but that, that's where I it's would diff- say it's different. You've, to- you've come into a environment underprepared, but with a uh, deep level of respect. Mm. But you know it's what? Like you haven't pre- gone into the environment yeah. being disrespectful. Yeah. You've gone in there with respect. Perhaps your skills went up to standard, yeah. but the respect got you over the line. Yeah, I went, yeah, exactly. And I went yeah. pre- as prepared as I could be. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It was like I went in as prepared mm. as I could be. Yeah. And definitely with that respect, but it wasn't like yeah. I was sitting there going like, okay, like a professional mountaineer would just do this any day of his yeah, life. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was mm. sitting there and I was like, well, I'm going to I'm gonna have those extra challenges and I'm going to have to sit here and try and figure it out. Sounds- so I'm going to have to, instead of like, you know, it's going to take him, you know, the mm-hmm. professional mountaineer, let's say it'll take him like to do this one trek. Mm-hmm. It'll take him a day. It's going to take me three because yeah. I'm going to have to sit there and focus and think about yeah, it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah, it's good, but it's uncomfortable. It's growing. It is growing. Day, um, I think if it's done in moderation as well, like I'm not about putting yourself in a position where like the outcome is like like doing a um, Alexander Supertramp off uh, Into the Wild. You read that book? Yeah, it's a good book. I'm trying to think. Like I'd say, he put himself in a situation where the only outcome was, and I've read the book, so um, he's put himself in a situation where he, like you said, he's taken ownership over his life, and whether you agree with the way in which you did it there is beauty in that and being mm. like i'm taking ownership of my own life there's no one else i can blame for whatever happens in this uh formula the equation is like whatever it equals yeah i take ownership over that yeah i'm trying to figure out like yeah exactly that and the difference between yeah. because it is so reckless i tell people it's mm-hmm. funny I, I did that this kenyan i did this kenyan with with a couple of guys and it was freaking amazing and we went down and in the blueies in the blueies and i was having so much fun and i was being ridiculous i was being an idiot like just bouncing around (laughs) blah blah and i could tell these guys were a little bit nervous at one stage with um my with the level of my like just um happiness in a way like Mm -hmm. as in like not happiness like playfulness Mm -hmm. in the the environment that we're in and i was just like playing and everything and then when we were, were coming out when we're looking for an our, our extraction point or somewhere along the way, we start realizing like only it was, it was just funny. Like when it came down to it and I, mm. these guys all realized it was when it came down to it, I had my A, B, C, D boxes checked. I had my yeah, plan yeah. A, I had my spare plan B, I had mm-hmm. my C, you know, and these guys, a couple of them, no, they did that. They're insane adventurers, but like, yeah, let's, yeah. let's say they weren't, they only had like box A ticked. And I was sitting there and be, for me, my mm. calculated risk, I had everything ticked. So then all mm. I was left with was to have a good time. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, so no, I no, wasn't, no. I was like fully onto it. And I was allowing yeah. myself to yeah. have as much you fun in it, it. Yeah. but I knew exactly what was happening. That's awesome. That's a yeah. good feeling when you feel like you're onto it. I don't know if I have that much. Generally, it's, oh, it's, it's so funny. You train for all this stuff and you, you have all this theoretical knowledge and you're like, yeah, if this goes wrong, I can do this. But when it actually happens, it's quite yeah. confronting. And yeah. it's quite, it's never the way you think it's going to be. Yeah. Um, but I love that. I think drawing back to these concepts of discomfort 
and fear and um, kind of dependability. Irregularities, awesome in life. Like I think coming back from Tassie, I was hanging with like a lot of people. Like I was in my van in Tassie. You're hanging around a lot of dirtbags and there's this um, concept of shying away from routine. Yeah. And I think routine is killer. There's that there's that saying. Yeah. It's like you think uh, adventure's dangerous, try routine, it's deadly, blah, blah, blah. But I think there's something to be said about rhythm. And I think it's very different to routine. Routine is waking up, having this, having that. Every day's the same. But I like the idea of rhythm because rhythm changes throughout a song. Yeah. And it's like rhythm, the idea that you can have um, kind of consistency through your life and the way you operate and function. But you can also be... Uh, flexible enough that if things go wrong, the whole world doesn't melt or, like melt around you. Yeah, which is nice. So I've been really trying to trying to think about that, like the rhythm in your life. Like, I think there's something to be said about being efficient with your day and getting stuff done. It's nice. It's a like, good yeah, feeling. Ticking boxes. But, yeah, some people are like, "No, nah, I don't want that. It's routine." It's like, no. Like there is. It's awesome to wake up, like you said, mm. have a place to live. Wake up, have your coffee, have your brekkie, and be like, "Cool, what can I make of this day?" Yeah. And I think there's two ends of the spectrum there. There's the people that are heavily set in routine where it's like, well, oh, there's nothing I can make from this day because the day's always been the same. Yeah. And then there's the other end where it's like those people that are chasing this kind of unobtainable thing of, oh, I don't want to have a routine. I don't want to conform to society. I want life just to blow me either way. And it's like, it's almost as toxic mm. in some sense. You're not moving down you you yeah. might just be just as idle but Every, in, your, in your mind you're this free um kind of moving around doing whatever you want blah, blah blah but you might be just as stagnant and idle as the person that's living in routine i find that i find that kind of funny yeah i i've learned over the years to well Every every night, I give myself a list for the next day mm, yeah. of things that a I'd list, like to achieve. You're a list guy. I, I yeah, like lists. just, just you know, to tick off. You tick them, just random mm. stuff too that you know you can get done. Yeah. Wake up, done. Exactly. <laughs> you know, just to make yourself feel Still alive. accomplished. Yeah. You're, you're staying in that check, accomplishment. Uh, check your pulse. One done. thing I learned was just to not overstack it, like make it practical. Mm-hmm. You know, make it within my reach. Make it achievable, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's so just like, it's so efficient because what I kept finding when I made it too big, I don't know where to start. Yep. We've got too much to totally. do. And like, it's just like, and so it's like, start with the little things, start ticking them off. Yeah. Because you know? if you had too much, it's not a game plan. It's just a burden. You're just like, oh, how am I ever going to get this done? Yeah. And I've got, I've got lists in my Well, room. that is that recklessness, like giving yourself too much. That is kind of in a way is like mm. going into the wilderness with no, no water or whatever. It's just like, there's it's no point. Too, it's, there's <laughs> no point. I mean? And there's this actually, it's funny. I sat down with dad just as I finished uni and I had in my mind, I was like, I'm going to be an adventure filmmaker, photographer. I didn't even know what that looked like. Yeah. I've, st- I've got a bit more of an idea now. Not not that much, but, and I was just saying it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, but you're not moving towards it. Yeah. And I guess there's a lot of people in that position, but it was awesome to sit down with dad and he was like, okay, <laughs> let's just do a faith eye image on this. Like, what does that look like? Let's draw a tangent. And it was like line across a piece of paper linear line um it's like start point end point the goals in between what you need to do that who's going to help you do that write down the people you want to uplink with so it's like jimmy chin all these different people it's like Mm. who do you want who do you want in your who do you want to um serve under and learn from even if it's in an external sense just watching their work analyzing their work what are the skills you want there's the A, there's the B, 
maybe that's over 10 years, but at least you've got the roadmap now. Yeah. And that was such a big moment for me because I was like, instead of it being like, you know, you go to like a party and someone's like, oh, what are you doing with your life? And you're like, oh, um, you just yeah. don't know what to say. It's like, you can be like, I'm, I'm on my I'm a way. Filmer. Yeah, I'm on my way. I'm on my and way. And you can confidently be like, I want to be the best at what I want, at, at what I'm, at what I want to do. And that's a really cool thought. Haydar Logie, when I interviewed him mm. and of the excerpt that I have for the video of, of that, of that interview, it's, it's, it says he couldn't control. He said, he said to me, he's like, I couldn't control anything in my life. And yeah. like my drinking, my smoking. Mm. Um, and he just, it was that exact thing. He like, he, he knew what he wanted to be. Yeah. He hadn't even made a plan of how to get there. And he said yeah. what he did. He said, he just sat down one day and yep. wrote a step-by-step plan yep. of how, how to get there. It sounds so and then simple. He just, yeah. And then he just started and he just yeah. ticked him off the box. Yeah. And you know, and next thing, like he was like the, yeah. And then suddenly like he yeah. wrote on that list. He sh- it, like, like, you know, be the first pro surfer in Iceland. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's awesome. Like, do this, do that. Exactly. Be sponsored by this band. Be, be the, you know, and he's you're, just like... You're kind of dipping into, like, dreams are very... Everyone can focus on them, but at the end of the day, they're just thoughts, just mm. floating around. They're very fluid. Um, they change. They waft in and out. It's like, if you can write it down on a piece of paper, suddenly you've got something physical. So what's your next step? Just building skills and kind of refining my craft. And then I've got a couple projects this year. And just trying to find find people to find people my age that are in the adventure field. I found a few, which is cool. So just uplinking with them and not looking at it. I think definitely when I was like eighteen, you look at anyone who's like and doing adventure filmmaking photography, you're like that's my competition. Yeah, I got to crush them. And just looking at it as more like, oh, cool. How how awesome is that? How can you work can, with them? We can work together and support each other, and just like enter into life and enter into this awesome thing. And I'm I'm just loving what I'm doing, even though. At the moment, I'm just freelancing and doing some online work. I'll it's, yeah, sorry. I've had the full, like what you're just saying, I really want to touch on that, yeah, how, yeah. how important that is. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, when I first started this podcast, mm-hmm. okay, Hayden Quinn helped yeah. me start. Podcasts right? are a huge thing because you would have started at the peak of podcasting. Yeah. And so, like, like, how old is this podcast? Like five years? Nah. Longer. Two? Nah. Two, two and a half. Oh, two. Two and a half. Yeah. I don't know. So it's like, it's when it was in the now. So you're you're going in like fist up. You're like, I'm going to knock anyone out that's in the but ring. It, well, it was, it was kind of weird. Like, I didn't know what I was getting myself into, what I was doing. Like, Hayden helped me out. And he said yeah. he said exactly that. Just uplink. Yeah. Reach out to other people doing the same same thing. Like, blah, blah. Which and is, I was, It's against what you want to do. Which is Well, just, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't care. Like, yeah. but... So I started doing that. And... It was insane. That's what I got. Mm. That's the response that I got. Some people were like were just that was what was really cool. Some people were like, "Hey man, yeah, that's sick. Yeah, let's yeah. do this or do that." And other yeah. people were just like, didn't give me the time of day yeah. and just wanted, yeah, sorry. you know, I, I assumed just, you just went in, yeah, just, guns blazing. But no, nah, just fully blew me off. And then and then mm. next thing like, oh, it's just one of those weird things that you see in movies, you see like in books and everything, which is like whenever we're showcasing the ego mm-hmm. and then suddenly like you start doing well, all the people that like put me down mm-hmm. about, oh, like doing this or not wanting mm-hmm. to help or mm-hmm. not, not supporting. Next thing you go past them, yeah, <laughs> like go yeah. past that. And then now yeah. they suddenly like kind of like, yeah. you know, like they want um to benefit off your yeah, success totally. that they didn't, that they didn't support in the first place. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, yeah. Good way to see your ego. Yeah, <laughs> you know totally. what I mean? I just think it's it's just... No, nah, I think that's where it's like being intentional with ideas. If anyone comes with an idea, just being like intentional listening to them and supporting them, you can voice concerns. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's not not supporting someone. Yeah. But I think, yeah, definitely in Australian culture, the tall poppy syndrome is huge. Huge. Like, you can't come and say you're doing well without people being like, oh, it must be nice to be you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's like, I think, I'd, I've read this book, oh, it would have been like a year ago now. It's called, um, oh, what is it? The Art of Making Friends and Influencing People. Have yeah. you ever read it? Nah. It's a good book. I don't know the author off the top of my head. But um, he touches on a lot of stuff. The it was written in like the 1950s. So the uh, context is kind of like people working on Wall Street, they happen to like actually go and make people like them and make relationships to get stuff done because it, it wasn't all email chains and stuff like that where you never meet the person. You had to be like convincing and actually intentional and be a good conversationalist. And the premise of the book, uh, one of the topics he touches on is this kind of the desire of everyone is to feel important. It's like yeah. psychologists have found the... The sole desire for every person on earth is to feel important. Because we want to feel loved. Yeah. And you know that's what I mean? yeah, love. We want to love kind of and feel above loved. That. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and whether that, whether your idea of being important is, I don't know, in the workplace, someone knows your name. Yeah. Or maybe it's huge and you like want to be on Jimmy Kimmel. But I think there's something to be said is just about every, every conversation you have throughout your day, if you can be intentional and like, just that word, being intentional, remembering someone's name, remembering yeah. their idea, remembering their dreams, a huge one. If you can remember someone's dream, like the, the what, yeah. they're, what they're striving towards. So you're relating yeah. straight back because you're on exactly. their team. Exactly. That's the whole thing you know? with you. It's like if those people had just supported you, even if that's just through, yeah, Aaron, you can do it. Don't you? Yeah. It's yeah. like looking in hindsight, you probably would have been like, cool, now I help you. But I think there is definitely something to be said. Well, just remembering who, who who's in your court and who's not. Yeah, and, that, and that's the, the huge a huge thing too. Not it's in like, an angry way, just well, in a just keep in check. Well, when you're like that, if you find yourself being like that, it's never going to work for you because it's never going to, mm. nothing's ever going to come back around. Mm-hmm. Where you're saying like mm-hmm. when you, when you befriend someone yeah. and like you support them, they're yeah. always going to want to help you. It's totally. just like, like how like, yeah. str- let's say you, you you go into into Kmart. And you want to return something that like maybe was something you not, wouldn't mm. normally be able to return. I don't know. Yeah, but shopping? you went up to Cheryl and you're like, hey, Cheryl, how's your you day brought, going? And she you... goes like, oh, you know what? Like, yeah, it was a hard morning. I had to get the kids off or and something. You and then you're like, yard and you're like, whatever. Yeah. And you're like, no, but yeah, if you're yeah. like, oh, that, you know, that must have been yeah. really hard for you. Yeah. If you could actually relate to it, actually acknowledge who she is as a person, mm-hmm. the trials and tribulations that she has mm-hmm. and like see her as a, like give her yep. love. And yep. then you're like, oh, hey man, like I've got to return this. Yeah. She's going to come at you with the best possible scenario exactly. for you that she can do. Yeah. And that's like, like, you know, she can either be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like we yeah. can't return, but it's going to be genuine or whatever. Yeah. Or she's going to be like, oh, you know, we're not supposed to be like, hey man, come on. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like. No, I know what you mean. And it, I think. It's just karma. It's just like. It's such a, after reading that book, I realized one, I've genuinely always been pretty intentional, but I think when, I think everyone starts as when you're a kid, when an adult's talking, you're leaning into the conversation. You just want to breathe in every word. Yeah. But it's almost like as you get older, that kind of fades and we start just retaining the information we know. So we're not, when we ask someone how their day's going at the cafe, we don't really need to know that. So we can ask it with glassy eyes and just go, Oh, that's cool. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But if you can remember the barista's name yeah. and go, oh, wow, he's having a bad day today. Maybe I should like compliment him. Yeah. Or I should ask, why is he having a bad day? You're already above the pack. You yeah. know what I mean? The rest of the world's operating in kind of this like disingenuous, and I mean, 
really vast uh, sweeping yeah. statements, but I definitely think it's true that... So it has to be genuine. Yeah, authenticity is at an all-time low. Mm. In terms of just the stories that are be c- being created, we can manufacture whatever we want. We can, we can, like, I can make my life look incredible on Instagram. You know what I mean? I'm not showing people that all the boring stuff to the side. I just want to show them the best. I want to show them the summits. I want to show them the, I don't know, the sunsets and stuff. Yeah. You know, this is all big loop, but it's not real. Yeah. It, it's fucking not, it's not real. real. And I'm, I'm a huge advocate. I work in the social media space for like a few companies. I'm a huge advocate. I think social media is an incredible tool, but you need to come into it content with your circumstance. If you're not content with your circumstance, social media is just going to crush you. Well, cause you're going to look at it for validation and exactly. be like, no, no, like, exactly. I, I can, yeah. Yeah. It's like, and that's so poisonous that rain and it makes me so sad. I know it's, it's ambiance. That's ambiance. Hey, yeah. hey dude, let's not, we've been talking for an we're hour. We're talking 20. so, yeah. Yeah, but we're it's talking. sick. And we're sitting here <laughs> looking at this view of this rain out here. It's a bit more horses. chill. I think last time we did one, it was in the back of a car. Yeah. It's yeah, so it's chill. Just, it's quite nice. I want to, um, I want to pack the mic up and show you this song that I've done. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. But cool. dude, dude. You and the Wilson family, thank you no for, for being you thank guys. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. And you and I should do an adventure. I keep saying that, but like we've got adventures to do, man. Let's do it. I'm, I'm <laughs> excited. Do it, I think just, I'm kind of striving to become diversified in my adventuring, not sticking to climbing or surfing or horse riding or kiting, but just being well-rounded i think is where it's at yeah it's cool thanks for having me on i appreciate it thanks for being wise man you're <laughs> only 20 and like you teach no me i don't want to i don't want to yeah yeah but you're figuring know. it out and this i'm is figuring it out Let, yeah let's just let's just leave it at that kids still figuring it out yeah you're sharing this your is just my thoughts yeah thanks yeah, man cool. awesome. well that's all i do with this podcast like i don't know shit <laughs> i actually yeah one more i guess thing. i think the more you the more you think you have it figured out the less you actually do Nah. you know what i mean i think if you're going into it I think there's something to be said about being a little kid with the wide eyes and listening to every word that comes out of the world's mouth. Yeah. And just really paying attention. There's something to be said that. But as soon as you come into it like an adult thinking you know stuff, you don't. Well, that's why the observer is so wise. Yeah. I find sometimes like if like, you know, say someone will be getting, I'll be at a table and, and someone will put yeah. me on the spot in front yeah. of a group of people uh-huh. to tell a story. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. So I sit there and I'll be raving on yeah. for 20 minutes. Yeah, and then I'm done, and then I'm sitting there, and I'm like, "Fuck!" What? And then the guy across from me starts telling like yeah. the the story I want to know, and I was like, "You know what I mean?" And I was just like, "Yeah, I always it's look just, back and like oh, I shouldn't have talked so much. I should just listen. yeah, I want to hear what this guy says. I want to know about this dude. Yeah. You know, you learn more when it's like I didn't. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's no, get so out. Fuck, that rain is nice. That's so good. All right, dude, let's get out of here. Thanks, kid. No worries. Thank you. Thanks, man. Just it. I hope you guys like this episode. Now, remember, I've got prizes to give away for whoever shares it for me. Go on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review, subscribe, put it on your social media story, tell your mum. Send me a message, send me a screenshot, or I'm just going to see it on Apple Podcasts anyway, or I'm going to see it on social media, and every week I'm going to pick someone and I'm going to send them an Opinal Knife or a Diaries of the Wild Ones t-shirt. Enjoy, guys, and thanks for listening. Just say, I'm not going to 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 say,
Yeah, I do it like a double.